What if the reason we're angry isn't because someone upset us, but rather because we feel out of control? And feeling out of control means for a part of us that we're not good enough to control another person or a situation, and that makes us feel out of control. Thinking we're not good enough to control another person causes a part of us either to defend or blame others through anger. And that part of us is fueled by none other than organic, pasture-raised shame. The thing about shame is that the moment you touch it and get near it, it hides. It hides because we feel shame about feeling shame. And so we hide it and bury it deep in our own hearts, locked away from ourselves. And in doing so, we imprison our hearts in the process. The more shame we carry inside, the more prone we are to being angry and to getting angry and projecting that anger onto others because our hearts are locked away by impenetrable barriers that we've put there for ourselves, preventing us from feeling the love and the connection that we're seeking. And dare I say, we have a hidden addiction to our hidden shame. I have a name for my shame. My shame is called Seamus. If we instead welcome Seamus into our lives with curiosity, the gift Seamus gives us in return is courage. Because it takes courage to embrace Seamus and to reassure that scared little boy or girl inside that it's safe to come out and play. And boy, could we all use a heavy dose of courage these days. So get curious about the shame that follows you around wherever you go and get curious about how it pops up whenever you feel like you're not enough to control someone and therefore feel out of control and project that out at them as anger. What is it you're doing in your life to feed your addiction to shame? Because if we keep Seamus hidden away in our heart, he'll take control and he'll run the show that is our life without us realizing it. Because Seamus loves control. And the moment it's out of the alignment of the predictability that it's set up for itself, its tendency is to blame and defend. Now, Brene Brown has a beautiful metaphor that she uses for courage and shame. And it's the metaphor of the arena. If courage is one of your values, it does not matter whether you succeed or fail at what you're trying to do in the arena, whether it's a presentation you're giving at work, whether it's stepping into a UFC main event card, or whether it's stepping up to the plate in the last inning of the game on a closeout, or whatever baseball term you might imagine using there. I don't, I don't know much about baseball, but that's what came to mind. The point is, the arena symbolizes the place in which you're going to perform your creative self-expression. And courage is simply the willingness to step into that arena, whether or not you succeed or fail. The point is that if courage is your value, that is something that you need to do no matter the outcome. And Brene Brown sets up this beautiful idea of inviting three critics to the arena. 
literally buying them tickets and reserving seats for them. Those three critics are shame, scarcity, and comparison. Those three critics are with us whether we realize it or not whenever we're performing in the arena. And by inviting them and welcoming them and expecting them to come, our relationship with them changes. It's no longer us trying to hold on and latch onto an outcome that we desire so as to prevent us from needing to deal with these critics. No, it's expecting them to be there. And she even suggests taking your three critics out to dinner and informing them that you're stepping into the arena no matter what. They're welcome to show up, but you are not interested in what they have to say. And the beautiful thing about this is that it offers up the possibility for you to express yourself in a more genuine and authentic manner because you're not trying to hide away from the shame, the scarcity you'll feel, or the scarcity mindset rather, and the comparisons that our mind will throw at us. So it, it opens up a more authentic dialogue you can have with yourself about yourself in the presence of others in the arena. And that is an enhancement of vulnerability, if you will. And what we know from shame research is that your willingness to express vulnerability is in proportion to your ability to express and to summon courage. Vulnerability being your willingness to risk, experience uncertainty, and expose yourself. All three of these are always present whenever you've expressed courage. In fact, I challenge you to think of a time in which you were courageous but not vulnerable. These two things are intertwined, vulnerability and courage. In fact, you might even say they are the exact same thing. And dare I say, the paradox here is that what makes us weak is thinking that vulnerability is weakness. Because if we're not willing to express vulnerability, be authentic with ourselves in the presence of others, we're not capable of summoning up courage. It takes courage to express vulnerability, and it takes vulnerability to express courage. So this metaphor of stepping into the arena and inviting these three critics and the connection between vulnerability and courage has changed my understanding of how society has and continues to weaken and wound men unintentionally and how men wound themselves and others by insisting that vulnerability is synonymous with weakness. And it's really a, a travesty. Whenever we're vulnerable, we're shamed for being vulnerable, mistaken as weakness. It sets up a situation in which shame is an ever-present epidemic in our culture because we're ashamed of our shame. And because of it, we hide it deeper and deeper through more and more layers of protection. So what's the antidote for shame? What shame needs to grow and flourish is secrecy, silence, and judgment. Expressing your shame is going to be painful, no doubt. But it's the kind of pain that's equivalent to the pain you feel when there's an antiseptic being applied to a wound. It's not the kind of pain you'll feel from the wound festering and becoming infected. So those are the things shame needs to grow. Silence, judgment, and secrecy. The antiseptic to that festering wound of shame is empathy. And 
the two most powerful words we could hear when we're struggling with something like this are the words, me too, or I understand. Having an empathetic connection with someone and an honest and authentic conversation helps us deal with the hidden shame we carry in our hearts. And in healing that shame, we open up ourselves to become not just more vulnerable, but more courageous. And my God, we'd benefit so much more by having more courageous voices speaking their truths in this planet.